Let's talk a little bit of Vince Carter with my good buddy. It's Akil Augustine, NBA TV Canada, court surfing, the hangout. He's everywhere. He's even sidelines now for Argos games. Uh, crushing it for Raptors 905 as well. And Akil joins me on the line at Akil Augustine. What's going on, buddy? Buttons. How you doing, Buttons? Not bad, Wordy. <laughs> Good to hear your voice as usual. Uh, what do you make of the Eastern Conference right now in the NBA? Who would you say the roster right now, if you're going to do your Akil Augustine power rankings, who's got the best roster on paper right now in the Eastern Conference? Well, on paper, it's the Boston Celtics, just based on what they've done. They're the only team in the conference who went to the conference final remaining with the Cavs falling out with no LeBron James. So I give the Boston Celtics the leg up. But it's weird because Boston's got issues of their own. They're not sure what their relationship is with Kyrie Irving. And so that kind of semi-clouds the future. Everyone knows they have a stockpile of young talent. And the weird thing is, they're also like a player in a lot of talk for other great players. Like Anthony Davis has been a potential player that they've been circling around. So you've got to give the leg up to them, both what they have on paper and what the potentiality for what they can do moving forward. Do you know what's, do you know what's funny with that, though, Akil? Like, I, I know that some people say, well, is Kawhi Leonard going to be full strength? Like, is he going to be fully fit? Well, aren't you going to have those same questions both about Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving? Like, Absolutely. how physical, physically ready both those players will be? Absolutely, but, but, but the kicker for them is they went to the conference finals without those guys anyway. So everybody who was there is taking a step forward. They got Marcus Smart back locked down and give them some leadership. Tatum Brown, they've all developed a year further. And those two guys, the ceiling on them is way higher than we originally thought. So maybe you don't even need as much from Hayward and, and, and Kyrie. So I, for, the, for them, they've just got so many options, so many ways this thing could work out that I think they've got to be the top dog. It, then, it's funny. Oh, sorry, 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 Akil. It, it's funny, though, for whatever reason, that Raptors team last year, I think they matched up well against the Celtics. I think they could have done a decent job against him in that series as much as I like Brown and Tatum and others. So sometimes when it comes down to matchups, and you just got to think now with Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green, like whether the Raptors actually kind of have a little bit more balance and a group that maybe actually be better on paper than that Celtics team. Yeah, and, and the thing that plays in there is mental toughness. I think that the Toronto Raptors weren't as mentally tough as the Boston Celtics team. Every one of these guys had a chip on their shoulder, and it looked like they were engaged every moment. You talk about the regular season matchups between the Raptors and the Boston Celtics last year, and the Raptors were scared even then because this Boston Celtics team didn't seem to know quit. So I give Boston number one, and then I go, I got to go with a tie for um, second place in my power rankings. The conference between the Raptors and the Sixers. Interesting. Here's the thing with the Sixers. Um, they're mentally nowhere right now. Uh, there's just so many question marks in terms of, you know, Ben Simmons doesn't trust his jump shot. Uh, Mark L. Fultz doesn't trust his game, and he's got to build that, that, that reputation and that consistency up. And then Joel Embiid, I mean, he's a great player, uh, but he still has issues with injuries. Um, he has issues with staying focused and sticking with the game plan. He had some, some mental floods late last year in the playoffs. And then you got to look at the Raptors and say, well, we don't know how healthy Kawhi Leonard is. So you could be the best team in the conference, but until we see it on the floor with Kawhi's legs, we don't know. But the thing that's going to be different is you add Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green, and that's a certain amount of mental toughness that you import from a San Antonio Spurs squad who has no shortage of it. And maybe what those two guys bring into the locker room and bring out to the court in the fourth quarter, uh, that permeates the other guys and the young guys at the Raptors, and that allows them to become more than they were under Dwayne Casey along with 
Okay, Akil, if the Raptors go out and make another move, and I'm not exactly sure what that move would be, maybe it's solidifying, um, figuring out a little bit more clearly what that front court's going to look like, or maybe it's bringing in another two, three. If the Raptors are able to make another move, you think that they have the potential of leapfrogging the Celtics and, and the Sixers, really, and being the standout team from a roster perspective in the East? I mean, yeah, if, if it's the right move, they can definitely do that. The question is, what are your movable pieces right now that will bring in that player? I mean, you've got a $20 million contract for Serge Ibaka, so financially you can bring in a player. Who's going to give you that guy when what they're getting in return is two years of, of uh, underachieving Serge Ibaka? Because that's what we've seen so far in Toronto. Same goes for Kyle. you got a $30 million guy, so you could probably trade for a $30 million guy. But does anybody want to bank on a over-30 point guard? whose intensity has kind of waned over the years. Well, not over the years, but since, you know, right. he, he marked his reputation. Uh, so, um, I mean, they could. I don't see that move being available. But again, Masai Ujiri has done things that people did not see on the horizon. So, you know, to doubt him would be foolish. But I think this is going to be one of the tougher ones. And I don't, I'm not sitting here waiting for another domino to drop. I, I brought this up earlier in the hour as Akil Augustine joining us here on Toronto Today. I'm Wheels. Uh, that the fact that, remember when the Atlantic Division was just a joke and the Raptors were just running it? Now, yeah, arguably, the three best teams in the conference all reside in that same division. Yeah, it used to be called the Titanic Division. <laughs> yeah, and for legit horrible. reasons, too. Yeah, and, um, you know, the Knicks haven't really done their part. Although, they're better than they have been, I guess you could say that. Like, it's a step up from Isaiah Thomas, Steve Francis, Stephon Marbury, Jamal Crawford, and Nate Robinson. <laughs> yeah. But uh, the division is definitely a lot better. You look at the three top teams in the conference or in the division. So, it's a powerhouse. It's like uh, the Southwest, right, back in the day when you had all those good teams in the Southwest. So, now, I'm, I'm happy to be part of a great conference where you're going to get so many games that matter now. In the regular season, every Western Conference game is going to matter because every team in the West is good. But then every divisional game is going to matter. And what I like about it too, Akil, is like every team has question marks, but the ability to be better than what they actually are on paper. That's why I find it an intriguing question, just looking at these groups and the makeup of them right now, and how the Sixers, the Celtics, and I even put the Bucks in that category, because as much as we want to say that Kawhi Leonard will be the best player in the Eastern Conference, well, the Greek freak will have something to say about that, and that's a decent team that if they continue to develop and come together under a new head coach, then maybe they can be part of the equation as well. Yeah, Giannis is the one guy that has the potential to be a LeBron James in this conference. I think Kawhi um, is, is, is definitely a great player and a top-five player in this league. But I think we've seen like what Kawhi is. Whereas I don't think anyone knows what the end product of a Giannis Antetokounmpo could be in this league. He's still on the right side of 25. He's still rather green when it comes to basketball IQ. Um, he's so much further along instinctually than most players with his physical gifts and, and skill sets. And if he ever develops a jumper, he's going to become next to impossible to guard because you have to respect the fact that he can take one step from the three-point line and be at the cup. No kidding. 
Um, <laughs> Akil, there's a couple other topics I want to I, I want to deal with you before I let you go. Did you, I'm not sure if you heard this clip, but on the Dan Levitard show, was that this morning, JP, or yesterday? This morning, um, Levitard was throwing some serious shade on ESPN Radio, the way of Demar Derozan. Check this out, claiming that Demar Derozan not even in the top ten of Raptors players in franchise history. Have a listen to this, okay? Oh, JP just got to put that up. I don't even think he's a top five player in Toronto Raptors history. In fact, I don't even think he's top ten. You got to throw in Elijah on there. You got to throw in Chris Bosh. You got to throw in Mo Pete. Uh, you got to throw in Kyle Lowry. And a lot of guys there. So I'm with you on this one. I mean, this guy who's complaining about being traded away from Toronto because he gave everything he had for Toronto and everything he had was 0% from three against the Cavs. This guy's not even a top ten player in franchise history. And the franchise is relatively new. And this guy is complaining about being traded away from Toronto. He's a joke, DeRozan. Oh, see, see like I'm, I'm, a, I think that Demar's. I asked Dave Fezcheck earlier if his tears are going to dry up before they hit the ground in Las Vegas. I think it's been a little bit overboard, but I think that that's going the complete other way, Akil. Like, there's no way for me that we don't consider Demar in the top two players in Raptors history. Have you ever, has Dan Levitard ever watched the Raptors? That's my main question. Like, has he ever? Because, I mean, it's, it's been tough going here in Toronto at the beginning of the years when you talk about Zan Tabak and Carlos Rogers led teams. So if he thinks there's nine other guys that can bump DeMar DeRozan out of being a top ten Raptor all time, it's absolutely insane. And for him to use as one of his defenses, the name Akeem Olajuwon, a man who had a Hall of Fame career, quite, quite possibly one of the greatest basketball players ever played the game, while wearing a Houston Rockets jersey, he was absolutely incapable of running 94 feet during his tenure with the Toronto Raptors. So for you to put him in the top 10 of Toronto Raptors... All That's why I was like, is, is he looking like an entire body of work? Like, where is he coming from with that? I, I, I think that sometimes people just go overboard and just start saying things, and then they get caught up in it, then they get lost in translation. ESPN, baby. Yeah, some of these guys are going insane. Um, I'm going to talk some. I'm going to spit some real talk though on Vince Carter coming back for a 21st season in the NBA, joining the Atlanta Hawks. Like, if he's going to mentor young kids, didn't he see that it didn't quite work out in Sacramento? I I, I really don't get the move. But, Why did the checks bounce? Well, I don't. Well, he didn't help the young players get any better in Sacramento, did he? But how does RRSP? This this whole mentorship mode. Like, if I'm Vince, I want to win a title because other than a dunk contest, he's won jack squad in the NBA. And I just wonder how you're going to remember Vince Carter when all said and done. Are you going to remember him as like this Iron Man that went on played 21 years or whatever? Are you going to remember Vince kind of quitting on the raps? Are you going to remember his great dunks? Like, what is it about Vince Carter that you're going to remember above anything else? All of it. One of the most polarizing all-time great NBA talents. I don't think there's been a player as good as as him, has been hated as much, save for Kevin Durant and Kobe Bryant. Um, he's just one of those guys. He had he had it all. You talk about a generation, uh, a down period in NBA basketball where the stars were Kobe, Tracy, uh, Vince, Steve Francis. Yeah, I mean, it may not have been the best era of, of NBA basketball, but we certainly saw how good Vince was and how much talent he had. And I think we're all disappointed by how it played out. Vince isn't one of those guys, the street ball legend that never made the league and fell due to you know drug abuse or violence. 
He isn't one of those guys that was forced out of the league. He isn't one of those guys. Like, he's just such a strange story because a lot of his problems were self-created. The situation in Toronto was yes. self-created. A lot of the bad publicity was self-created. And, and, and then some of his odd decisions towards the end of his career to choose situations that you would really question. So I think you have to remember it always, Vince. You have to remember the fact that we wouldn't be talking basketball in the middle of the day on you know drive time radio in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. We would not have had the privilege to talk about DeMar DeRozan and any of these guys on the radio right now if it didn't first. Uh, see, I don't think so. We, we, we've been talking about it. This basketball community has been bubbling. He just gave it a shot in the arm. That, that's what he did. Uh, I, uh, I still think we would have ended at this point. You're part. You're part of the. You're part of the community, dude. You're I, all I remember. Over it. I remember how proud the city was. I remember how dope it was when Vince came on the scene. So I'm. I'm, I'm always gonna. Gonna kind of give him the benefit of the doubt in that. And that essence, because he made it hot to be from Toronto, man. Right. And, and 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 for me personally, for me. He's the guy that introduced bottle service into Toronto nightclubs. <laughs> That's a good claim to fame right there. Let's end on this really quickly. Would you have liked to see Vince back in a Raptors jersey this year instead of an Atlanta Hawks kit? Hell yeah. I think it's I, I really? don't know what he's doing. Absolutely. I think listen, man, the story had to I think for me it needed to come full circle, man. I needed to, it needed to to, 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 to to just have a nice conclusion. So when we do the thirty for thirty there's that nice little moment at the end that they wrap it all up in, and we can just all move on and just walk into the, the mist hand-in-hand hand knowing that Toronto blew up under Vince. But, you know, unfortunately, he'll be in an empty stadium, Yes, really y- bad young team, and um, they can lose a lot of games. He is now Trey Young's friendly uncle. That's how he's going to go out. Um, thanks for this, Akil. Let's hang out soon. I'm on vacation as of, like, uh, 50 minutes from now, dude. So we'll hang out soon, okay? Yes, buttons. Right on, buddy. Thank you for doing this. Great as always. My good buddy, Akil Augustine, at Akil Augustine, NBA TV Canada, the hangout, court surfing. Akil does it all and bringing it right here on this station as well.